You are listening to You Heard It Here Second. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or DerekAndSteve.com. Subscribe and follow today. It makes me feel uh, a sense of accomplishment on behalf of you. Okay. Derek and Steve present... It's like golf, where you hit one good shot, and you're like, wow, maybe golf is fun, even though the entire time it sucked. Um, (laughs) In that bowl, it's Western Kentucky versus Western Michigan. So, battle of the half of mediocre states. But a part of me was like, if I'm not there, will it fall apart? And And it didn't. It was probably better than ever. And we all, I think, collectively were like, thank God we didn't hire Greg Schiano as our coach. God. You heard it here second. Hello and welcome to episode number 143 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, happy 2020. Happy 2020, Derek. A new decade. A new decade. A new Same decade. pod. Same podcast. The second decade now we've taken part in uh, on this podcast. True. And uh, 143 episodes spanning two decades. Sounds 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 big when you put it that way. It does sound yeah. big when you put it that way. And <laughs> it's going to sound even bigger when we get to three decades. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's true. Um, so episode 143, we've got a pretty packed agenda for you today. Um, we're going to try to still uh, cram it in and get all... This is, this is a very value-rich episode i would say yeah a lot of um, no filler topics here. no yeah no filler no fluff here this is all meat and potatoes in this episode well run so. through tell people what we're going to talk about yeah so the first half will be sports we've got huge stories in sports spanning uh college football national championship game we've got baseball cheating scandals with the astros and the red sox we've got the nfl playoffs which is down to the final four teams in the nfl uh championship weekend is coming up uh on sunday and that's really that's it for the uh, for sports section. And then in pop culture, we are loaded today in pop culture. Oof. We've got the Jeopardy term, Terminant of Champions that we'll be talking about. Uh, we'll do a shout out to the Oscars. Steve's going to talk about his travel for a little bit mm-hmm. over the past, I think, like three or four weeks that we've been out uh, over Oof. the holidays. Yeah. And then we'll do a lightning round of TV and movies, which we realized right before recording that we both spent the last four weeks watching television and movies. So, and that's uh, about it. (laughs) That's all we did. So, uh, so we're going to run through six different things, some new, some old that we've been watching, uh, over the past several weeks. Sound good. That sounds good to me, Derek. Sounds great. First, we have an opening drive. You want to kick us off with that? I do. Uh, we kind of have somber news, but, um, as people in the BC community probably know, uh, our hero, Pete Frades, has passed away at the age of 34, yep. uh, former BC baseball player, bird baller. Uh, he was the one who helped start the Ice Bucket Challenge, which raised more than $220 million uh, to fight ALS, which is otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, so rest in peace, Pete. Um, he was a fighter. He was hilarious. He was a hardcore BC guy um, and and well-known amongst Americans and and uh, specifically for the ice bucket challenge, which we did and had a good time doing. Yes, back five or six yes. years ago. Yeah, that was awesome. That was uh, awesome. And it was a good trend. It was a very good trend in a simpler America. And so, um, rest in peace, Pete. And uh, thanks for all you've you've done for ALS and the BC community. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was it was a really good. It was gr- a great way to raise awareness for it. I mean, it was it, it caught everybody's attention. It went viral. It, it really it served its purpose. It led to donations. It was just an excellent, uh, initiative. And, you know, I I think, um, 
I'm interested to see what more BC does as far as continuing to honor his legacy. You know, mm-hmm. like th- this is a, like you said, this is, this is a hero. I mean, this is, this is a big time. Yeah. Th- this is on another level when it comes to BC heroes. This isn't he, just he's an, an American hero. He's yeah. people know who Pete Frady's is. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And then, and you know, sometime in hopefully the not too distant future when, you know, a cure is developed for ALS or, or, or even more strides are made. Um, people will point to Pete Frady's when, when that moment comes. And uh, so, you know, I'm interested personally, I, I would be in favor of BC retiring the number three across all sports. Oh, like, I like, like I, I, I would do that. Like, and I, and that's a pretty big measure cause he only played one sport obviously, but yeah. you know, like I, I'm trying to imagine if, if he played like football at BC, right? Yeah. Like it would be so much different. Like, cause the baseball team at BC doesn't get a whole lot of recognition right right and so i think that i think that um bc as a as an athletic department could take even more steps to really honor his legacy and cement it um on on the grounds of the campus and throughout the program so um rest in peace to a legend and uh like you said a, a true bc hero and american hero so pete frady's mm-hmm. so that does it for the opening drive and it kicks us into half number one which is sports All right, so uh, sports, we have reached the end of college football season uh, with the national championship that was played on Monday night. And uh, probably unsurprising to some, uh, LSU wins the national championship. They really dominated uh, throughout the entire second half of the season anyway, really all season, but especially the second half. They win 42-25 to over Clemson, who gets their 29-game winning streak snapped. It's Trevor Lawrence's first loss as a college quarterback uh, Steve, what were your thoughts on the national championship game? My thoughts uh, are this. I th- it went how I thought it would go. <laughs> I was rooting for Clemson, as were you. Um, yep. Saw you get into some logical Twitter battles online, <laughs> which is fine. You were you were using logic and not, of course. not uh, your heart. But uh, I think everyone kind of saw this coming. At least hindsight bias is twenty twenty, but everyone kind of knew that that. LSU had a lot of momentum going into this game. Clemson obviously played really well, dominated uh, most of the teams they played, but uh, after about the second quarter or maybe midway through the third, it was pretty clear who was going to win this game. Joe Burrow, um, who I still, I think I like him, but I think he's, I I don't know if I like him not or yet. Uh, I I don't know if, I just can't get my head around him. I think he's like cool, (laughs) but also kind of cocky. He's or, definitely kind of cocky. <laughs> so I, I don't know how I feel yet about him, but he dominated. He threw for five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, LSU's defense shut down one of the most high-powered offenses of all time um, and broke a 29 win half. streak. Yeah, exactly. Particularly in so, the second half after, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I'm happy. I think this was a win-win. Uh, Coach O, I like a lot. Yeah, same. Joe Burrow, I think, had a season that deserved a win. So I, I think... I'm happy with the outcome, but um, interested to see how Joe Burrow and the draft and all this pans out because he's going to be an interesting character moving forward. Yeah, I mean, so so j- just to start it off with the with what you mentioned first, which is the logical Twitter battles. Um, this was this uh, was actually I was mentioning to you off air that I had gone skiing over New Year's. Um, one of the one of the my friends that was there uh, is a friend of my cousins who I've, I met through him. Uh, he is a big SEC lover, big LSU fan and SEC lover. 
SEC love, I don't get it. I mean, we could, that's a I. whole separate topic. Well, but. well, and so that and that's what that's what kind of spurred it. My brother was also very on board the anti ACC uh, anti SEC movement, and uh, so that was part of the motivation behind the the logical Twitter uh, banter on LSU slash the SEC. But uh, as it turns out, you know, not the best year to make that argument specifically with LSU because this team is yeah. just ridiculous. I mean. You know, Joe Burrow and Coach O get all the attention. Um, this is probably the best wide receiver core I've ever seen. In yeah. College. Like like these guys are, uh, there were literally three wide receivers on that team that would have been in NFL offenses this year. But like, yeah. I, I believe that. And, and I generally don't go as far as to make statements like, like, you know, every time they say a college team would beat an NFL team, like that's ridiculous. Like an NFL team has t- literally all NFL players on it. A college team doesn't have nearly that many. But this receiving core are NFL players. Like those guys, that's like Burrow gets a lot of credit for putting the ball exactly where it needs to be. But like, let's be honest, like they don't run a lot of a wide variation of route of, of yeah, routes. They, like just they go run deep. seams <laughs> down. They, they run slants and flies yeah. and Joe Burrow hits them. And Clemson DBs took the biggest hit of anyone in this game as far as their stock goes. I mean, right. these guys got torched the whole game. Yeah. And that was really the story of it, I thought. Um, so like you, I did want Clemson to win. But I also, I like LSU. I like Coach O. Um, and so I wasn't uh, necessarily bummed about the outcome of the game. I, I did want Clemson just because I felt that Clemson was getting really underrated this whole time. Um, but... Uh, that said, you know, congrats to LSU. They certainly deserved it. And Joe Burrow, you know, I think put together maybe the best season I've th- that we've ever seen from a, from an individual uh, in mm-hmm. in college football. So, uh, it just pretty remarkable the way that the way that unfolded, and, and really his whole story of being a two star recruit and a, a transfer in his senior year from Ohio State where he wasn't playing, just a really incredible story to now be like basically the undoubted number one pick in the draft national champion Heisman winner like it's it's yeah. it's you, it's hard to write that story uh, one before we move on one little fun fact I wanted to make a note of is that both of these teams are called the Tigers yeah the Clemson yeah. Tigers versus the LSU Tigers and both of these teams call their home stadium Death Valley yeah also true so yeah. it was the Death Valley Tigers versus the Death Valley Tigers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, that, I don't it's just a very weird coincidence that I didn't make that connection until they actually saw each other in the national championship, but that's true. Yeah. A few times Kirk Herbstreit had to catch himself uh, saying, like, touchdown for the Tigers, and then he was like, uh, the, I mean, the Clemson Tigers, like, or the LSU Tigers. <laughs> did you watch um, the, quick question, did you watch the Halfley thing? Uh, not during the game at all. I watched a little bit during the pregame. Did you turn it on at all? No, I didn't. We'll I, heard, I heard some good things. I, thought, I, heard, I heard good, some good things. things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked already about Halfley, and we will talk much more about him as the uh, BC football season gets closer, but uh, you know, just from an exposure standpoint, it was great to see him on that broadcast already, kind of being able to um, vouch for you know be there representing BC, uh, and also with his insight having just faced Clemson in the semifinal game. So um, interesting, interesting little side plot there for us. He's getting uh, in on that game. He's he's getting in. That, that's that's hashtag get in. Hashtag is, get uh, in is, is his theme there. So. Uh, anything else on, you know, uh, I guess bowl season as a whole, but we were, we was kind of all over now. Um, so anything else on the championship game and kind of, you know, it'll be interesting to see the outlook for LSU because Burrow obviously will be gone. It's, it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain the level that they were at this year, but, 
Uh, Clemson's going to be back. We know that because they still got Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Clemson um, will be back for at least one more yeah. year. Yeah. So anything else on national championship? No. Good game. Fun times. So that brings us to topic number two, which is a <laughs> this. Is, I think this is the second time we've talked about how baseball is the opposite of basketball and that they stay in the news cycle for bad things, not yes. good things. <laughs> um, I love it. So I think actually the last time we talked about this was about this actual scandal with the Astros. Correct. Um, did you when, end up watching that video? I did watch. Yeah, I did watch it. Uh, that was kind of a while ago, but I yeah, yeah. I watched it right after you had shared it. I think or told me about it. Um, so pretty crazy. I mean, and so you know, it had caught your attention right away, and and obviously the investigation ensues. And I think you know what is this? Two months later, now the MLB comes down with their punishment, which is a year suspension for head coach AJ Finch, uh, AJ Hinch, and uh, general manager who I forget his name. Um, for the Astros. So for the Astros. Astros general manager and head coach, both suspended for a year. And then the Astros owner says, you know what? Screw that. And fires both of them. Um, Which I think is the the right It's move. the right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so I didn't mean to imply that that was, a, that was the wrong choice or anything. But he just says, you know what? Not doing that. Fires them. Um, now, let's be clear. A year suspension is a huge suspension for a manager and GM. Like that's... Yeah that's essentially a firing, right? Like, like any owner's hands is t- are tied when, when that happens. Um, so uh, let me just lay the, the other part of the story out and then we can talk about it as a whole. Lay so, it out, Derek. So, so people in the, lay ensuing, the best part out. in the ensuing fallout, everyone was kind of wondering what is going to be the deal with Alex Cora, because just a few days um, before the announcement of the discipline on Houston, there was a report about the Red Sox in 2018 in a, in a little bit of a different, frame, but also with a sign stealing scandal. Um, and so a few days later, the Red Sox released a statement today. Was Alex Cora on the Astros? Yes. And so that's so what that's I'm going to, that's what I'm getting yeah. to. And okay. so the Red Sox released a statement today, you know, it was framed in like, I, in that Alex Cora doesn't want to be a distraction and blah, blah, blah. But there it's a mutual parting ways, which you can read as a firing and a situation where Alex Cora knew he was going to be fired. So, um, do you want to give your first take or you want me to give my first take on this? I don't know if you want me to give my take, Derek, because it's <laughs> going to be hot. <laughs> I'm ready for a hot take if, if, if that's what you if that's what you want to go with. First of all, so, <laughs> this is the biggest thing that's happened to baseball in a very long time. Yeah, it's true. The Astros got caught cheating, blatantly cheating, the year they won the World Series. Yeah. And then the MLB suspended the head coach and the GM and fined the team and took away first and second round picks for two years. I didn't see that part. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. And and then fired assistant coaches who had moved on to other teams. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this is huge. I'm I'm on team. You have to take away their championship. Like I think if you if you told me as a player and a head coach, we're going to get our heads chopped off, but we'll win one and it'll be good. I would do it. Yeah. Absolutely. So you yeah. have to either take away their championship or you have it it has to be bigger than this, I think. I know that's a huge suspension, but they won the World Series. What yeah, else matters? You're right though. I I mean, so and, and I'm not saying that unilaterally I'm not saying yes, I agree, like definitely take the championship away. But but what I would say is their their punishment, like you can read between the lines on their punishment. 
Like this punishment is enormous. Like yeah. it's huge. And so for you to for you to issue a punishment this big, like what does it say about that season, right? Like I mean, this leaves very little um right. to be mistaken for anything, right? Like this is a clear indicator that this was like really pervasive scandal. And so I tend to agree with you in that regard. And what what I'm really on one hand, I think nervous as a Red Sox fan, but also just interested to see how this plays out is again, it comes a few days after the report that the Red Sox have a similar scandal in 2018. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, my gut reaction to this is that the, that the Cora situation is more due to the Astros than the Red Sox situation. That's what I've read from it. I heard that he's going to get suspended for his connection with the Astros. Yes. But obviously, the combination of this going on with the Red Sox winning the World Series the following year, right, um, is going to raise a lot of question marks. Right now, I will say the one like what I read so far about the Red Sox situation, unlike the Astros, was that and and I haven't verified much of this, but what I read was that so 2018 when the Red Sox won was I believe the year that they started putting uh, actual official monitors in the on the way to the clubhouse for teams to review replays, like for the challenge system. Hmm. And so what I was reading was that the, the you're not allowed to obviously go look at those TVs for the purpose of stealing signs, right? Like that's not why they were there. Um, and so the, the, the thing that I read said that the Red Sox were doing that, where they were using those monitors to try to basically look at the signs and then basically word of mouth, like relaying to the runners on second, right? Like, like what the, what the signs were and then let them try to steal the sign, which is a little bit less pervasive than what the Astros were doing. Um, but that said, um, you know, it opens up a can of worms with the, with the MLB, I'll say in that, like, what is the solution to this problem? Like, right. I think and we've talked we, about it before, right? Like, we how do you solve believe, this problem? And are we supposed to believe that they just stopped cheating in 2017? The team, the Astros, who right. almost made the World Series again in 2019 yeah. and had a very good yeah. season in 2018, we're supposed to assume that, like, ah, they did it very pervasively in 2017, yeah. won the World Series, and then stopped? <laughs> right. Because they won the World Series, and they're like, oh, that's all we need. Yeah. No, of course this was bigger. They they didn't yeah. get investigated until three years later. Yeah. So I, I think this is, I think they're just sweeping this under the rug and going to hope it goes away, and I don't want you, it to. You think I'm, the harsh I'm, penalty is to try to put a, to, to basically stem the bleeding and say it's it's done i don't know what you do but i think you have to take away a i think you have to it has to be more than just suspend the coaches i mean i I don't know what else you could do though i guess besides take away a world series and that's very that's a crazy thing yeah well yeah so so i agree with everything you're saying i guess when i when i say how do you solve this I, i mean even bigger than just the astros situation i mean i mean this is a baseball problem right now oh yeah that's you something know, like, they need to figure out i don't care yeah, if, well, how they yeah. stop but, but, teams from stealing signs well but i guess what i mean is that these are going to keep happening these are going to keep popping up if if they don't figure out a way and so you know i guess maybe their rationale the, is like the punishment has to be so bad that you exactly that they don't do it yeah maybe they can they can make it such a harsh penalty but it's like yeah it's 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 it'll be really interesting to see it unfold but um so nonetheless, you know, they didn't they did not announce a punishment on Alex Cora. That'll be interesting to see if they announce one officially. Um, and for me, what I would be interested to know is what the punishment is. Like, like because again, because this this factor that's up in the air is what is what the Red Sox situation was, you know? 
Like, if, if an investigation finds that the Red Sox were guilty enough to even get like a quarter of what the punishment of the Astros was, yeah, then Alex Cora is going to be double dipping on punishments and like, like what's he going to get? You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, granted, I, he was an assistant coach for the Astros, so maybe they don't put as much blame on him since they've already come down hard on the coach and GM. But I, it's just a really, you're right. It's kind of an unprecedented situation. We haven't seen anything like this in baseball. So, I yeah, I'm I'm team burn it to the ground. Uh, I want to protest. I want yeah. I want to kick him out of the I, league. I, I'm <laughs> angry because baseball's like kind of pretentious. Yeah, they don't. They have they're they're very traditional. They're 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 not like. I don't know. They won't change rules to make baseball more fun. Yet, this kind of crap's going on. And we're supposed to just let it go. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, I, I mean, so I will. You know, honestly, like, like I, when you just said that, it made me think. Like, they're, they're baseball is so resistant to change, right? And they're so traditionalist, and like, it takes them forever to adopt new things. And like, it just made me think how silly, like how much easier it could just be if you just, you know, similar to football, how you have like headsets, right? Like right. just, just give the pitcher a little Bluetooth microphone, like let him tell the catcher what he's going to throw. Yeah. You know, like it's really, it's really easy. Bring <laughs> like, in the but, robots, bring yeah. in the robots. Um, but yeah, so it's, it'll be interesting and, and we'll see if things like this force baseball to do something like that and go, you know, a little bit closer. Like, can you imagine if football didn't use headsets? Right. And so they were still doing hand signals for every play. And then there was a sign stealing, uh, stealing scheme. Like, how will we? How do we even react to that? It's like you almost can't even fathom it because you're you've become so accustomed to the technology being a part of how you communicate, right? And so, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how this unfolds, but certainly unprecedented and a lot to look out for. So, any closing thoughts on the on the scandal? You're next, Derek. Red Sox are next. Red Sox might be next. We'll see. The, They're coming I, for you. There's an investigate. I'm sure they'll investigate because because. If you're like we were just saying, this broke with for the Astros like two months ago and took them a while to investigate. So I think this is going to die down. And then sometime in a couple of months later in the offseason, I think that there'll be a punishment announced and we'll see then what they found as far as whether it was really as bad as the Astros was or somewhere in the middle or, or what. So these small market teams we'll find out <laughs> they they have they can't compete. They, they get a, th- a fifth of the money and they have to compete against cheaters. I just can't take it. it <laughs> well, it's true. Red Sox are trying to become this. Red Sox appear to be trying to become a small market team now because they don't want to pay anybody. So they did. They should. <laughs> um, so that's that for baseball, uh, and it brings us to the third topic in sports, which feels kind of wild that this is our number three topic. But the final four of the NFL is set um, with the conference championship matchup set. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC, and the Tennessee Titans at mm. the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. Um, so we can, we can touch on the overall playoffs or jump straight to the conference championships, but what are your thoughts so far on these four teams and how, and how things have unfolded? I am excited. The playoffs don't contain the Patriots or the saints. That's so true. That's true. It's a win-win. We get rid of the, <laughs> get rid of the Packers and it's a whole new ball game out there. Uh, I'm very happy for the teams that made it. I, um, I don't know if you want to talk about the individual games yet, but I'll just say I am overall happy and excited about these playoffs, and I want to hear your thoughts about the overall playoffs before we talk about the games. Yeah, so my thoughts on the overall playoffs, A, um, great for football, I think. The, the 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 way the playoffs have unfolded has been good for football and that most of the games have been good. Most of the games have been competitive. Um, 
They have had and high good teams level, have lost and good teams have lost. And yeah. uh, that brings me to my I mean, this is not a hot take. This is a very common take. But I mean, it's the story is obviously the Tennessee Titans. And, and yeah, and, and I am blown away, blown away by how well coached the Tennessee Titans are. Like, yeah. like I, I'm a Mike Vrabel fan. He was a longtime Patriot. I, I've always liked him. But like, you know, there have been plenty of longtime Patriot or Bill Belichick disciples that have gone on and been terrible coaches and really not had a lot of success. And Bill O'Brien's one of them, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, Mike Vrabel has this team so incredibly well prepared. I am I'm ki- I'm kind of jaw dropped by it, like to go into New England first. And to play just such a disciplined, like hard-nosed final score being 2013, but really 14-13 was the final for, for the most part, like until yeah. the, the pick six at the end of the game. And then to go into Baltimore, who was just a wagon the entire season, like an unstoppable team the entire season. Yeah. And to play the way they did. And again, it's just the discipline. This team is making zero mistakes, playing defense. They're not even passing the ball. <laughs> like they're like they're yeah. they got like 150 yards passing in two games combined. They have throw, they have Ryan Tannehill throw three passes and they're all touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, and it's just I am just blown away by how fundamentally sound and well prepared their football is is right now. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, and also the story, I it's it's a return to to what football used to be. It's yeah. it's get a big good running back and give him yeah. the ball 30 times, control yeah. the clock, control the game. Um, and these teams, it's it's kind of cool to watch these teams flounder around because no one's had to deal with a running back getting the ball thirty times per game. And in the fourth quarter, he's still running you over. It's ice cold, yeah. and he's putting his head down and trucking you. He's two hundred fifty pounds, runs a two four forty or what or four four forty. It's 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 incredible, and it's old school football, and I like it. The yeah. only issues with the Titan, the only issue I have with the Titans are that Mariota's still on the team. <laughs> and I don't like Marcus Mariota. Yeah, but... But, but he's, I mean, he's got benched, and now they may yeah, win the Super Bowl, which is yeah, cool. Yeah. I was going to say, this that, is arguably that, the best thing you could have asked for to happen right. as a Mariota hater. But he, he might get a Super Bowl ring. I mean, true, but... Yeah, I mean, so he... The yeah, team he that can't. drafted Marcus Mariota over James Winston might win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. But. Not that he did anything, and if anything, he hurt them, but <laughs> still still on the table. Yeah, so so they're, they're a huge story. Um, the great matchup there with Tennessee and Kansas City. I mean, because Kansas City turning it on the second half of their game against Houston and really just exploding, so putting up 51 points. Um, they, You know, it, it's, this is one of those things that both of these teams have that, like, intangible storyline to it, you know? But, like, the, the feeling that, oh, this is it. This is the year right here. Right. You have yeah. Tennessee on this magical run and like, all, you know, the things when it, you know, those stats they'll say when it's like, oh, when a team has done this and this, they've always won the Super Bowl. You know, those stats. Yes. So the Titans have like four of them. Well, <laughs> like, sure. Every team has one of them, I'm sure. No, no, I know. But the Titans have like some like and I'm not sitting here trying to say that those stats are like super valid, but like the Titans have some of the impressive ones, like to beat the number one offense and the number one defense True. and to. Uh, beat two teams like without passing for more than like a hundred yards, like to do it twice, right? And it's like it goes to what you said about the old school football, and every team that's done that in multiple playoff games has won the Super Bowl, right? So they have though they have that in their favor. The Chiefs, on the other hand, if you remember, were in the AFC Championship game last year and very very close to winning it. 
And so they have that on their side where it's like now they're back. They get a home game against the Titans, right? Like if you get the start of the playoffs, if you said that the Chiefs fans would be jumping for joy. Yeah. Right. And the Chiefs had their they had their adversity game already, which is huge. Right. Exactly. Now they know now they know what they can do. Right. Exactly. And they just are loaded with offensive weapons. So, yeah. um, So that's a great matchup. Anything else on the Titans Chiefs? Um, No, I just want to let's do our picks. If we're doing Titans Chiefs, Mm. I'm, I'm taking Chiefs and I'm rooting Chiefs. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going uh, Kansas City. Okay, I'm taking Kansas City, but I'm rooting for Tennessee. So those, that's my pick. That's my pick. Uh, on the other side, we got the 49ers and the Packers. 49ers uh, erased some doubts about them. They were a team that I feel like, despite being the one seed, not everybody was sold on. Um, but they kind of steamrolled the Vikings, and not not on the scoreboard necessarily. It was 27 to 10, but. Uh, really feel of the game wise, they absolutely manhandled Minnesota. Um, so they kind of cruised to victory, and the Packers uh, have a somewhat a, somewhat of a, of an adversity game in that they nearly gave up a lead, but Seattle's comeback falls short, and the Packers advance over the Seahawks. So this one's more of the juggernaut one two matchup uh, in the NFC. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I'm going Forty ers all the way. I 49ers think Forty ers all the way. I trust Aaron Rodgers, and I think that they've that he's got he's a veteran who knows how to win these games. But the 49ers are just they're a well oiled machine. They have a really good defense, a solid offense. Um, they're well managed. They're well coached. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for the Niners. And name that GM, Derek. John Lynch. Johnny people, Lynch. People laughed at John Lynch when he got that job. They laughed at him. Then he fleeced the Browns for two picks in the year he became GM, and now yeah. they're they're in he's the final four. Up. He's he's doing he's a built, good job at GM. He's built an outstanding team, and Garoppolo is yeah. not even playing that great. Right, and and, he's, and they are just yeah. John Lynch is a is a Ring of Honor recipient in Raymond James Stadium for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so I have to root for him. So. 49ers over Packers. And I'm sick of the Packers. We, we see them every year. 49ers yeah, are new. True. They're fun. They have cool away uniforms, like their away uniforms a lot. Yeah. Pump, so, pump so, for them. so this is funny for me because uh, in both of my picks for these conference championship games, I'm picking the team that I'm rooting against. Um, so I'm going to pick the Packers. I'm rooting for the 49ers. And the reason that I'm picking the Packers We have exact is, opposite picks. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But we're rooting for the same teams. Um, no, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Oh, no, you're, you're rooting for the Chiefs. Sorry, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, Screw the Titans. <laughs> but uh, So here's the reason I'm picking the Packers, and it has nothing to do with the logic of these two teams' rosters. The reason I'm picking the Packers is because this... Steve, what year of the NFL is this? Do you no, know? A 50th? 50th? 100th. 50th. The 100th what? year of the NFL. Yeah, they've been doing all these NFL oh, 100 50th things. Oh, 50th Super Bowl, though, right? Uh, oh, uh, true. Yeah, 50-something Super Bowl. They're, they had the okay. AFL and whatnot. So 100th year anniversary of the NFL... You know which two teams were in the first Super Bowl? Packers Chiefs. Packers Chiefs. And so wow. I'm That's going with cool. that. I'm going with that for the storyline. Sometimes I just feel like the storyline is what is what wins. Uh obviously that really actually has no impact on the game, but uh Wait, were they in the first Super Bowl or the first like whatever? The first Super Bowl. So it's not a, what not the 100 years ago. Or actually, you know, it might have been the first NFL championship. I'm not sure. No, I think it was anyway, Super Bowl. Anyway, I, I do, I, I do I don't know mean the to say it was. It, I'm not saying it was like 100 years ago, but it's the special yeah. NFL season and they were the first Super Bowl. Yeah, so, that's Vince Lombardi. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going Packers Chiefs, but I am rooting for 49ers Titans. So so there you go. We'll see what happens there. And, and by the way, if it's Packers Chiefs, absolutely Chiefs are going to win, in my opinion. 
I think that will be the gunslinger matchup of the century. That would be a gunslinger matchup for sure. Yeah. But, you know, this is just a quick little opinion of mine. Like, I think that Aaron Rodgers' gunslinger um, persona is a little bit exaggerated. Like, the Packers are playing, like, defense and, and like, grinding. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't think that Aaron Rodgers is the same gunslinger he used to be i guess if maybe you're gonna try to, if you're gonna try to convince me that aaron Rodgers is not a gunslinger we're gonna need more I mean, he's than still it he still is he, he still is a gunslinger but i just think i i think that he is not the same i, I think that that team plays a different type than they used to play i'll say that that is so. true but he slings it. he flicks the ball 100 <laughs> yards <laughs> he does and so is Mahomes. so um so there you go anything else on sports before we move it into pop culture no let's let's do it Alrighty, let's go to half number two, which is pop culture. All right, so pop culture, we've got Jeopardy Tournament of Champions. Why don't you kick us off with this? Because I have unfortunately not been able to watch this, but I know that uh. from what I've heard, it is wild. It's must-watch television. I'm currently watching it. It's on in the background right now. It is the... Uh, and I'm not a big Jeopardy guy. You know, like some people watch it every night. Some people know all the contestants. I'm not a yeah. huge Jeopardy guy. But this this is must-watch TV. And I'm sorry that it might... I won't give any spoilers while I'm watching it, but tonight could be the last night. If Ken Jennings wins, he will be the greatest of all time, which he yeah. should be because he's the greatest of all time, obviously. Right. Right. But it's Ken Jennings... James Holtzauer, you know those two, right, Derek? Yeah, we talked about them both, I think, on the podcast. Right, and Brad Rutter is the third. So it's kind of interesting because Ken uh, has the longest on the show. He's been on the show the longest, like the longest streak. I think it was like in the 60s or 70s, however many games he won. James Holtzauer has the record for most money won in a single day. And he's known for, he's a gambler, so he, he goes all in every time he gets a daily double. Uh, bounces around the board. I think he's got a, a touch of um, autism. Maybe he's a little socially awkward. And then Brad Rutter, who has the most Jeopardy winnings all time. Um, so it's three record breakers, three Jeopardy record holders going up against it. And there's just three big brains battling it out. <laughs> uh, Ken Jennings is up two to one. It's so it's first the turn the uh, format was first to win three nights. Um, okay. it's two games back to back. So they play an hour long worth of jeopardy and combine the scores. Whoever gets the most that night gets the win. Ken has won two. James has won one. Brad is barely even participating out there. He will, he, if there's a particip- participation trophy, he may not even get it. Um, so right. that's, that's who it is. It's basically Ken versus James, <laughs> but I will say Brad Rutter is the guy I'd want to have a beer with the most. He's just the most normal, <laughs> funny dude and seems to be having a great time. He's just happy to be there. Um, Ken and James are battling it out. Uh, so without getting too long-winded, it could be over tonight. If it's not, you should watch either the tomorrow or tonight, whenever you're listening, right? Um, because it is really good television. These guys are friends, or at least they know each other, so they banter back and forth. <laughs> they never get stuff wrong. They score... They get like 60,000 points every time. They never get one wrong. It's just, it's it's good television. I can't believe I'm this hyped up about Jeopardy, but <laughs> I am. It's good. So uh, can't recommend it enough. And this is going to sound super lame, but 
If you haven't watched it, try to not see who wins and watch the three Jeopardies when you have time. They're just good. They're just really good. All right. So that's my Jeopardy Tournament of Champs plug. And we are rooting for Ken Jennings, by the way. I'm down. Because my grandma, who watches Jeopardy every night, shout out Momo, if you're listening, uh, she's a fan of Ken Jennings. And if if I trust Momo over everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I will default to Momo's recommendation for who to root for in Jeopardy. Yeah. So, so go Ken. I'm down. So there Ken you go. Ken could Je- win it tonight. He could win it before this podcast re- gets could be released. Over. By the time we air, it could be over. He could be the champ. Knock on wood. If if all goes to plan, <laughs> he'll win tonight. Final Jeopardy is it's like literally about to happen. Like they just took the com- <laughs> they just gave the the uh like the what the topic's gonna be for Final Jeopardy yeah. of the second game, and now they're wow. in the commercial between it. So I'm a little right, well, I'm you a little can't anxious. say anything on the podcast because <laughs> we just told people to go watch it. You just you I know, just told but people I'm not, not like, to find out who wins. <laughs> so. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm like talking really fast. I'm just really excited. <laughs> It's okay. going to happen tonight. <laughs> um, all right. So Jeopardy Tournament of Champions. Uh, hopefully Steve doesn't accidentally spoil that by shouting out when he sees the winner. Um, try not to. The next topic is the Oscars. We're not going to go into the Oscars right now, but the Oscars are coming up soon. Um, Steve and I talked before the episode. We're going to try to plan to get one of our esteemed Oscars experts uh, to join us. That'll be the goal for our uh, the upcoming couple of weeks to get yeah. our 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 true expert, who I won't reveal, but I think some of you know, a recurring um, Oscars guest. That'll be recurring your hint. Oscars guest is the hint. Um, so we're gonna try to get that person on here. But anything you want to add to the Oscars before, other than shouting out that it's upcoming? Uh, it's upcoming. <laughs> good shout. Good shout. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, February 9th. If, February. 9th I don't know if you said the date, but it's February 9th. And people go. are people are always mad about the yes. nominations. Yes, that's people right. are. People are also still mad about these nominations. Right. And that's a requirement. If you're going to be becoming like an Oscars enthusiast, you have to get mad about who gets nominated. Right. So there so. people are currently still mad. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so one more topic before we get to our lightning round is uh, you have some travel stories to tell as you were all over the globe uh, after I think New Year's or right after New Year's sometime in early January. I was all over the globe. I just want to say before I before I get into this. Brad knew he was going to lost. He knew he was going to lose. <laughs> so instead, in Final Jeopardy, instead of answering, he said, who is, you are the best, Alex. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Alex Trebek has cancer, and he's like dying, and so it's like super yeah. sad also. Um, but these guys love Alex. Okay, okay, I'm back. Um, I was in Munich, Germany, and Salzburg, Austria. Both super cool cities. Um, I was in Munich for two days and Salzburg for one Munich, Germany is exactly what you think. It's a bunch of beer halls, really <laughs> giant um, uh, churches and historical uh, monuments. It's just a beautiful town. Uh, the fun thing about Germany is, or Munich especially, is it was basically destroyed in World War II. Everything was destroyed. So everything there is built to look old, even though it's new. So all of these churches and buildings that you think are super old because they look super old are not. They are, mm. they're, they're like 50, 60 years old and they look old. So, um, that's interesting about Germany, uh, Munich, uh, specifically. And then in Salzburg, Austria, beautiful. It's where they filmed the sound of music. Uh, it's where Mozart was born. I got to see Mozart's birthplace. There's this giant fortress up on the hill. 
Uh, it's surrounded by the Alps. It's in this valley. So you go up on, you go up and see this fortress and, and you're surrounded by the Alps, which are just gigantic, gigantic mountains. Um, so it was really, really uh, a good time. So Salzburg, Austria is actually also uh, going to be a hip new spot. Just came out on um, New York's, New York Times is like new, top new places to visit. So you'll be hearing there of Salzburg go. again, but uh, awesome trip, awesome time. I got first class on the way over. Wow. Fun fact. I nice. laid horizontal on an airplane while I slept. That's, Literally horizontal. I've, I've never Fully done horizontal. That. I've it never was done nuts. That. I was cracking up. <laughs> they it was it was so fun. They'd come over, they'd give you wine, they'd refill your wine. It was just nuts. Yeah. So highly recommend wow. first class international if you can swing it. <laughs> I'll take that recommendation and I will keep it. Handy yeah. because I've that, that's a that's a good one right there. I wouldn't have thought you, of that. Yeah, United Polaris <laughs> class, one hundred percent Steve Nicholas avocados. There you go, 100%. certified guac. So amazing travels. Anything else you want to add uh, to that part? Uh, just just a wonderful time. Just Happy to be again. home though, back yeah, in America for sure. Um, so I do want to interject one really quick thing before we do our lightning round um, because. Every now and then during the show, something will kind of break that people start texting you about that I just want to mention. Mm-hmm. Do you do oh, you know wow. what I'm about to say? I know who won Jeopardy, but no. <laughs> Other than that, no. Um, Luke Keekley has retired. No. Yeah. Luke Keekley oh, has called it a really career. Sad. I know. He that makes sense. Tw- Twenty eight years old, but he's called it a career. And you know, we talked years ago about his concussion issues and like right. one of the most impactful moments that we can remember is when he was like crying his eyes out on the field. You remember after yeah. a, after oh, a, a hit to the head. Keek. So a smart move, I think by Luke Keekley, um, but really a sad one because he's obviously BC legend and, uh, you and know, everyone best, loves him. He's linebacker an, and, in the NFL. Right. Yeah. And I mean, even oh, still, I so think, sad. um, so eight seasons in the NFL, seven time pro bowler, five time first team, all pro which is outrageous. Like the first team all pro is, is like the, the number one group of linebackers on the all pro team. Uh, five out of eight seasons, first team, two out of the other two of those remaining three. He was a second team all pro just outstanding wow. career. Uh, art might've, might've been, might've put together a hall of fame career in just eight seasons. I mean, we'll see, um, a thousand, over a thousand tackles. So, and so uh, well liked everyone in the and, NFL, and liked universally well liked, respected, captain for majority of it i believe um so tough tough to see luke keekley retire but um you know we always we obviously know how smart of a person luke keekley is and he uh undoubtedly had a you know had an awareness to his own health a concern to it and this is again not an uncommon thing that we're seeing players do this you know guys who've had injury trouble and, and are getting close to 30 years old they say you know what it's not worth continuing to play into my 30s and so he's gonna call it call it a career but I mean, eight years in the NFL, making a ton of money as a full-time starter, as one of the best players on your team, I think yep. is totally fine. Like, same with Andrew Luck. We gave Andrew Luck a lot of crap, but they had good careers. Yeah. It, it, you don't have to play 15 years to have a good career. Yeah. If you retire after one or two, maybe people are like, oh, well, could what could have been? But these right. people showed that they were good, and Luke Keekley yeah. was very good. And I know we just hired well, a new one, but... Bummer. I know we just hired a new one, but Luke Keekley, I'm going to say, will be the next defensive coordinator of Boston College. After Love that. that. That's that's what and we might guess. we'll be on the podcast. Yeah, right. So please, Luke, come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Agreed. Um, okay, so just wanted to drop that in there. Uh, now going to the final lightning round of TV and movies. So like we said, we've watched a bunch of TV and movies over the last uh, month, basically. So uh, we'll go through these quick. You can start. Uh, it's not quite an alternating list here, but we'll kind of close to it. So you can go first. Rapid fire. You ready? Yes. The Outsider on HBO. Two episode premiere. Jason Bateman. Uh, some other people. Not sure of their names. Um, it's a it's a Stephen King novel uh, adapted to HBO. Super dark and weird. It's about a vicious, brutal murder of a child in a small town. Multiple eyewitnesses. Multiple videos. Multiple. Um, this all comes out in the first episode, so there's no spoilers. Wow. Multiple. Uh, People saw this person with covered in blood leaving the scene of the crime. Um, he's on video covered in blood. He's on video trying to leave uh, the the city, and um, pe- like multiple people have identified him as the killer. Pretty obvious. Then, as he's getting, he gets arrested. They're like, "This is obvious." He's getting arrested, and he's like, "I wasn't there." And there's a video of him in a conference, like seventy miles away, and it's a very clear video of him standing up and asking a question at a conference. And so, all, and he, wow. his the his the body the dead body's littered with his DNA evidence, like his blood, his fingerprints are all over it. But he's on video seventy miles away at the same time. So it's going to be it's Stephen King. So it's like oh the the car did it, you know. It's like the it's going to be some like crazy supernatural thing. Right. Um, but right. as of right now, it's a cool show. Very dark maybe will be bad if depending on how it ends but so far good and well acted so i think it's good so far there you go i'll add that to the list i'll add it to the list and uh, give that one a shot uh my my next one uh don't f with cats uh f followed by three asterisks asterisks uh, (laughs) on netflix um really really messed up documentary here this is a three episode documentary mini series it's a true story uh, it's really the story of a Facebook group of people, basically a bunch of Facebook users that became like investigators in this situation that started with this psychopath posting a very, very disturbing video online uh, that is, I will say, is very cruel to animals. We'll put it that way and you can infer from the title what you will. Um, so it starts with that and it, it evolves into really like a, a Facebook group manhunt of this guy where they're trying to figure out where he is and like, the problem is you can't really get law enforcement on board when you're just like, look at this Facebook video. Like it could be anywhere in the world. Right. And so it takes on this identity of its own. Um, It's one of those shows that like, I kind of wish I didn't start it when I started it because it's really, it's pretty messed up, but it it, kind of makes you want to keep watching it. So with that disclaimer, um, I think it was really interesting, but of course, you know, it's a little bit disturbing and, you know, by the end of it though, I, I think you're kind of engrossed in the, almost true crime nature of it, you know, of trying to track him down. So it's, uh, I, I, I won't say I want to recommend it, but like, if you've been like hassling or kind of like wrestling with the idea of whether you want to watch this, like, just go ahead and do it. It's going to be kind of disturbing, but just watch it. So, so it's true. You, you shouldn't F with cats. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely don't (laughs) F with cats. Um, so, uh, all right. So next one on this two in a row for me here. Next one on my list is reprisal which is really an, a kind of a deep cut in that nobody's heard I've of it. I've never heard of Reprisal. Um, I don't know how I came across it. I think I was really just like browsing Hulu. I saw it or I might have saw a tweet about it or something. Um, so th- what happened with Reprisal, and, and I'm not going to get too far into the plot, but this is one of those shows that, uh, and I think you've probably encountered these before. 
I searched the show to see what its Rotten Tomato score was, right? Like, that's the first thing you do to see if you want to watch sure. a show. Sure. Yeah. Of course. 44% Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, okay, Ooh. I'm not going to watch this. Like, but then I saw a tweet about it. I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me check again. I click on the actual Rotten Tomatoes listing, right? The actual page. Tomato meter, 44%. Audience score, 96%. Wow. So then it's like, oh, it's just the stuck up critics that don't like this show. And everybody who watches it does like it. So I decided to give it a try. Excellent show. Uh, it's only been one season, but it's on Hulu. Um, it's basically like a, it's kind of a time-free setting. Like there's no like, it's not like 80s, 90s. Like it, it's like a, it's an older feel, but there's no real indicator of like when exactly it is. It's not like grounded in a, a, re, a realistic time period. Um, but it's basically like ma, like uh, gangs. It, it's it's essentially a gang show um, with, with competing gangs. And like one, the main character is like, back for for revenge against her family's gang that like ousted her years before and like there's a bunch of subplots in it so uh lots of violence lots of uh like kind of it's like your typical mobster like gang show but it's uh very good i recommend it so reprisal on hulu love it there you go Uh, so mine is not a new show but um something that i it took me too long to get around to is Arrested Development. There you go. Um, nice. So there's five or six seasons now on Netflix. Um, I think one or two of them is by Netflix. Uh, so I think Netflix picked up Arrested Development and will be continuing to make seasons. Um, so this is a cult classic show. Everyone who watches it loves it. I'm about halfway through season two, and I also love it. Um, it's a very specific type of comedy, which is why I like it. The the joke the Obvious recurring jokes, um, things that ever they they get into situations that are always like, oh, they thought one thing and this person thought the other, so now something funny happened. <laughs> and every episode is that it's just people misunderstanding, and so they're in this weird situation. Uh, then it just moves on to the next. Nothing's too serious, nothing's too crazy. Just well written, well acted, good characters. If you haven't watched Arrest Development watch it. I know I'm probably the only person lis- listening uh, or who, who has ever dealt with this <laughs> podcast who hasn't watched. Did you watch Arrest Development? Actually, no. I've only seen it in, in, in bits and pieces. So There you go. So, yeah. uh, as you know, I'm, I'm currently looking for TV shows that have hundreds of episodes because right. I'm, I am I just have a lot of time to fill during the day now instead and I need to distract myself from studying. So, right. Arrest Development is my next one. Very good. I love it. If you want to talk to me about it, talk to me about it. There you I, go. There's a lot of inside jokes, and I want to talk to someone about them. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Um, my next one is uh, on Netflix, Living With Yourself. And so I actually don't need to go into the plot here because the the metadata of this show uh, will, can actually tell you the whole plot, basically, and you can have a totally crystal clear understanding of what this show is. Okay. Hmm. Paul Rudd is both of the main characters, yeah. and it's a dramedy. And that's it. Like if exactly what you picture that to be. That's what the show is. <laughs> so just like try to imagine what a sh- what a what a dramedy with uh, Paul Rudd as both the main characters is. That's exactly what the show is. And and I is and it is it super like serious? It. The reason I haven't watched it because I'm afraid it's like it's going to get too serious, and I don't want to deal with uh, that. No, that Rudd. that's why I would classify it as a dramedy. Like I I think it uh it is it it's a little serious, but it's also funny. Like like Paul Rudd is funny. Um, and so I think there's enough humor in there to, to make it, to break it up. Um, so I, so I liked it now, now granted it, it is definitely more serious than your typical Paul Rudd show for sure, or Paul Rudd movie or show. Um, so in that way, maybe it takes a little bit getting used to, but 
you know, overall, I thought it was. I mean, yes, yeah, certainly there there are times when you like when it's serious and it's like serious slash sad slash like, you know, not like your typical comedy. Right. Um, but overall, I think it uh, I thought it was good. So is it more drama or comedy? Definitely more drama than comedy. Yeah. So. Mm. So, yeah, there's that. Um, so last one on the list is something we both is not new, but we both watched Yay! it. Coincidentally, we both watched it in the last week. Um, the Quiet Place. The Quiet so Place. So why don't you go first on your thoughts on this movie? So when you we talked a little bit about this while we were putting this together. Yep. I didn't love The Quiet Place. I didn't love it either. So, yeah, you go first. It's it's a little, uh, it's very, I don't want to say predictable, but it's, it's you know the what's going to happen. You just know what the bad thing is, and it's noise. These They have to be quiet. And you know that they're going to make noise, and they do, and then they get in trouble for it. So it's it's very very tense. I think it's well acted. It's a little cheesy, which I how I kind of like my horror movies. Um, so I thought it was good, not great. I they're making a Quiet Place too, by the way. Are they? Yeah. Okay. So there's not, a sequel coming up. Not totally sure how in I am on that, but which is why I kind of it makes me not like the Quiet Place. Okay. As so much. I, yeah. So I didn't yeah. know that until you just told me that. But um, so my reaction. So like I, I probably off air probably gave the reaction that I like loved this movie because I I, I said it like holy crap it was intense right and like so yeah. I, I did I didn't necessarily love it. Um, in fact, in some ways, the intensity I didn't like. Um, but like, it was one of those movies that, like, I'm I'm watching it right, and ten minutes into the movie, I'm like, all right, I need to turn this movie down to like volume four, like, right. like because like I I it's silent, and then it's silent until it's not silent, and then it's super loud, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, so I'm like, this is not enjoyable for me, like, yeah. <laughs> like at home, right? Like in a theater, maybe it'd be different. I don't know, but like I'm here at I, home, like I'm not trying to like just be jumping out of my my couch solely due to noise not even being scared like right. every your, two seconds to your, to your theater point i did hear someone who watched it in theaters and they said it was the best theater experience they've ever had because it's so quiet in the theater yeah that everyone else feels bad making noise and it's just dead silent and you probably get really movie. and yeah. it probably enables you to get pretty scared like if you have yeah. that element of like waiting for the noise right so like i bet it'd be a totally different experience in the theater but um so I mean, I mean, from a production standpoint, I'll say like that's the sound. I don't know. Did it win anything for like sound editing? Because like I mean, the, good question. The silence and then like it is it is what makes the whole movie, I guess you know. And so it is interesting in that regard. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it it was intense and, and that contributed to my not liking it so much because I just felt like it was a little bit too much, like of like having to be on guard for how loud it was going to be in like two seconds, right? But it, but it is very right. suspenseful and very like you know a little bit of cheese I would say, but uh, yeah. but yeah I, I, had a hard I thought time it was okay. gauging. I had a hard time gauging the amount of sound needed to call the people or the call the whatever they are. Agreed. Like, would you be dead right away because you have loud farts or like <laughs> if you sneezed would you be dead right away? I just I and like sometimes they'd be sitting right next to it quietly and yeah. You're right. It was it was a little inconsistent in that regard. Yeah, like you're sprinting through a cornfield and like they don't move, and right. then like but but you like drop a penny on the ground and <laughs> yeah. they land on your your house and start ripping it to shreds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, decent. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So that's it for our lightning round. Um, and that brings us to Woo. the final drive. You want to go first or you want to go second? I'm going first today, Derek. All right, do it. I highly, highly recommend watching this comedy special on Netflix. All right. I saw this comedian, Ronnie Chang, live in New York about five years ago. I, he's, uh, It was at the Comedy Cellar in New York. There was about five or six people that came on, did their spiel. I still remember to this day his name, his the bit he he did such a funny bit about um, Netflix and, and Amazon and like uh, the the immediacy culture. Yep. And I I literally have been looking for it online. I'm like this guy has to have recorded this somewhere. It ha- he has to have done it live somewhere. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. Finally, he comes out with a Netflix special. Watched it. It's in the Netflix special. Nice. The skit that that I watched five years ago, he was like sharpening up and making, like you know, they, they go around and they, they get their tight hour and they whatever works and they workshop it. It made the cut and I'm so happy and I watched it, loved it. It's called Ronnie Chang, Asian comedian destroys America. He's a former Daily Show correspondent, super smart, um, really funny stuff. It's just I can't recommend it enough. So. If you're looking for a new comedian or an hour-long special, I can't recommend Ronnie Chang, Asian Comedian Destroys America, enough. So good. All right, there you go. Time to add that one to the list. Add it to the list. Um, so my final drive is uh, one of my Christmas presents, actually, that I've been putting to very good use utility-wise. Steve, have, do you have an air fryer? Have you experienced an air fryer yet? I've seen an air fryer used one time, okay. and it, it's confusing to me, so I'm excited <laughs> for this review. Okay, so... Uh, air fryers appeared to be the hot new thing, and I always have trouble what to put on my Christmas list because I don't like, you know, when you're not a kid anymore, you don't have a bunch of like fancy things you want anymore. So I just like throw some cool things on my list, and I ended up getting an air fryer this year. So Did you asked for it? I asked for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. uh, well, I, I didn't explicitly ask for it. I put on a list of like these are some things that I think are cool. Like, and my parents got me an air fryer. So, um, <laughs> so this thing, I, I am so in on the air fryer. The air fryer wow. is awesome. Um. I like this is going to sound crazy, but like in my brief experience so far, like two, two to three weeks of having an air fryer, like I personally could probably go without an oven now that I have an air fryer. Like <laughs> I have cooked uh, salmon, steak, pork chops all in Whoa. the air fryer. All came out excellent. Um, bacon comes out amazing in the air fryer. Um, vegetables. Great. Uh, and then you have you all love vegetables. You love vegetables, and then you have the frozen stuff. Like when you actually like veg, oh, veggie fries, Steve. Oh my god, Ugh. veggie fries. Never, you're never gonna have a, a soggy veggie fry ever again. I miss life. veggie fries. I mean, I don't have an oven here, so I don't do that. Yeah. <sighs> so pop them in an air fryer. Oh man, like every all those frozen fries of every kind I've tried, they are like restaurant crispy. Like, is it just faster or better? Like, what's the so, what's the all right, sell? So, so the sell on it that you're going to hear in the media and from the advertisers is that it's healthier, right? Because they're comparing it against deep frying. Like, I don't deep fry stuff in my kitchen. So, right. so like, I think the healthy thing is a little bit of a of a spin zone. You know, it's it's it is healthy, but it's not any different than an oven as far as health goes, as far as I can tell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, faster, yes, I would say it is faster. And, and part of that for me is because mine's not a huge one; it's like a three quart size. So I can fit like, though. Know, for instance, consider pork chops, right? Like I could fit two pork chops in my thing, but I probably wouldn't be able to fit a third in the circular pan, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty small one that I have. Um, but being such a small thing, it takes very, it takes almost no time to preheat. 
and it's basically, as I understand it, just like a like a vortex of hot air, like kind of like a convection oven um, in the air fryer. That basically is how it cooks it, and it's essentially like a it's like a it's like a pot of pasta kind of in its shape that you slide into the air fryer like unit, right? Yeah. And inside of that pot, there's a tray that you put in that is elevated from the bottom. So there's a tray that you slide into the pot that is about probably an inch that it settles into its these grooves like an inch from the bottom. So for instance, when when I cook bacon in the air fryer, you actually put like a piece of bread underneath the basket like at the bottom of the pan and then that will like absorb the gre- all the bacon grease and like prevent it from smoking. So mm. does that make sense? Like the architecture of the basket kind of? Yeah, I've seen it in yeah. action. I know yeah. what it looks like. So it's really interesting, really cool. Um, you know, obviously it's a little bit of a new obsession with it that I wouldn't actually like ditch an oven to just do everything right. in an air fryer. I, but I'm interested to hear this review in six months. Yeah, for sure. But so I will say, I'm, of course, I don't think I'll be using it like for legit everything in six months, but I don't see this as like a thing that I would like my breakfast sandwich maker that I stopped using. <laughs> I don't see it as that. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, I forgot about that. I think I think this one has some <laughs> staying power. I'll say that. So good. So yeah, there you I've, go. I've heard. I've also heard that from other people. Yeah. So I recommend the air fryer. I say go get one if you've been considering getting one. So get out there and get frying. <laughs> so, so that's it for episode one forty three. Uh, it was a packed episode, but I think we covered some good stuff. That's a lot so, of information. You're welcome. So get ready. Get mad about the Oscars in preparation for our next episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we'll see you guys next time for episode 144. Later days.